You're listening to the Mighty Beast Podcast, Episode 2, Roar. We talk about MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Kickboxing, Muay Thai, anything, everything, whatever. Welcome to the Mighty Beast Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Pierre, and today is... September 10th, 2018, on the eve of two of, of the uh, September 11th events that happened over 10 to 11 years ago. Welcome to the Mighty Beast Podcast. I Again, I am your host, Sean Pierre. Um, if you haven't met me before, this is going to be our second episode, which is amazing because I didn't know that I would get this far. I thought after the first one, I'd be a little spooked about making another one, but for the most part... This podcasting thing is actually kind of fun. Uh, just to give you a rundown, what's going on today on today's show, um, we're going to be talking uh, how my week was and how uh, this was the first week that I've been uh, booked majority of the week for uh, my photography work. Uh, we're going to get into that. Then we're going to decompress into UFC 228 on how all the turn of, uh, turn of events went along and. Um, and how my picks did and how uh, amazing, actually, the, the fight card was. I mean, it wasn't too long of a card considering the main card just went finish after finish. Well, except for the John Lineker and John Dodson. Not John Lineker, sorry about that. Uh, Rivera and John Dodson fight. Um, so let's jump right in. Uh, this week, or this past week, I mean, I had my, the first, my first podcast last week, but uh, this, I mean... Uh, right after that podcast and leading up to this week, um, you know, I'm, I am a professional photographer. Uh, I did start out in combat sports, uh, which was my first gig uh, doing photography. I eventually transitioned to all other facets of photography. And um, the only reason why I did leave combat sports is because it wasn't paying enough. And I think I was just a little young at the time. But uh so this week, uh, so lately I've been doing a ton of real estate photography, which is very enjoyable for me. Um, I love going into these, especially Bay Area homes that are kind of overpriced, but you get to kind of see what the design aspects are, which is what I was really interested in. Uh, eventually I will own my own home along with my family, and I love the ideas that I get from all these houses, especially the modern ones. Uh, last week I, I shot... Uh, I mean, because Monday was Labor Day, I shot Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and twice Friday. Um, all beautiful places. Uh, two were for rent, and the rest were for sale. Uh, shot my most expensive property to date. It was a four million dollar house out in uh, San Mateo. Uh, shout out to the realtor Mark and the owner uh, Dave out there in San Mateo. Uh, great people. Uh, they treated me nice, uh, equal respect, which is great considering we're dealing with a big listing. Um, for me, photography is very therapeutic. I wish I could take photos of fights full time, but I just don't know how much that will pay and how much travel that will require. I do have a family. Um, Four million dollar house. And let me tell you a story about what happened uh, the other on Friday. So I get to uh, San Mateo. Well, you know, I, I that day I had to go all the way out to Berkeley, take photos of this one house, shoot all the way down to San Mateo, and, and that's a good 
hour, close to an hour and a half trek, depending on the traffic. Um, and I barely made it to my appointments. I was on time to the Berkeley one, and I was actually 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes late on the, uh, on the San Mateo property. Now, what happened over there was I, uh, I pull up, I, um, I don't know what I was thinking, but I ended up walking into this gate because I was like, huh, this, this has got to be the house. And, uh, I, I think I just wasn't looking at the numbers on the address and I go inside the gates. I immediately start taking photos because the house is beautiful. I mean, if you think about that neighborhood alone, I mean, the house I shot was $4 million and the house next to it was even bigger. And I was actually at the wrong house. So I walk up into their gate, which was unlocked, which is very odd to me because I live in San Francisco. No one leaves their, their, um, their doors unlocked here. I walk into the house and I, and I almost immediately start snapping photos. Like I'm at home. Like I literally doorbell. I, I, the door was unlocked. So I walk in and I start asking hello. I mean, the house is beautiful. Like it's, it, it had this really great, great, uh, dark gray and light gray, um, interior design work. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm setting up and then all of a sudden I hear someone coming down and she goes, hello. And in my head, I was like, hi, my name, you know, me being the friendly guy. I'm like, Hey, this is, I'm Sean. I'm the photographer. I'm going to be photog- photographing, uh, the, uh, your property or your parents' property because she was fairly young. And she goes, she, she, she actually looks at me with a really confused look. And all of a sudden she starts to have like this weird stare. I mean, I'm just like, is this five, you know, the address of the, of the property I was supposed to shoot? She goes, no, this is five. And it was a totally different house. I was so embarrassed. I walked out, turns out the house was next door. But shout out to the chick that was over there. I'm sorry if I scared you. Um, it's pretty embarrassing for me because I, you know, like that, who, who the hell is this strange Asian man walking into my house? And it was all bad. Anyhow, I got to, I got to the right address. I got to uh, shoot a beautiful $4 million house, which is insane. Like, I, the, I mean, the house was beautiful. Um, I'm. I'm pretty sure for that amount of money in Texas, you can get a compound uh, with security guards, with fries. And, but the people were great nonetheless. Um, I got the shoot done and I actually had to come back today because uh, the owner actually had some new carpet put in and it was good. I went over there, finished it off, uh, picked up my son today and had some fun with him and now he's off at the park because the park is where children play. So that was my uh, adventure last week. Uh, caught the fights out of Dave and Buster's, which was kind of weird because um, usually when we when we watch fights, you know, we're, we either huddle up at a friend's house or we go to a local bar here in San Francisco called Trademark. Shout out to Trademark SF. Um, they show the fights, and this is a secret, they actually show the fights for free uh, because the owners are actually uh, UFC fans. Uh, and they actually don't, they, they don't show boxing fights. They only show UFC fights, which is great. Uh, so shout out to Trademark SF out there in San Francisco. 
Uh, but this time, uh, since the uh, co-main event with, between uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Nico Montano, the championship co-main event was canceled due to uh, Nico Montano's inability to shed off the weight. Apparently, she had uh, been close to kidney failure, which is a, a, a huge uh, issue and, and it's a common problem when people are cutting excess amounts of weight. Um, so I didn't think it was worth buying. Well, I shouldn't say that, but I, I just didn't think, I thought, you know what, let's go out and me and my cousin, we went out to, uh, the local mall out here because, uh, we didn't want to travel all the way out to San Francisco. So went to Daly city, went to the, um, Dave and Buster's in, uh, ceremony mall, Daly city. Uh, they actually show the fights for free, which is kind of ironic because uh, a colleague of mine that I saw that day told me that, and, and I've seen this before, that Bellator MMA is sponsored by Dave & Buster's, but they're showing uh, UFC fights, so that's kind of funny. Um, so we checked over there, it was pretty packed. Uh, we ended up saying, you know, let's go check Buffalo Wild Wings. We checked Buffalo Wild Wings. They were showing the fights, unfortunately, they only show it in their bar area. So, uh, the bar was packed, uh, you know, ceremony is a, a place where there's a lot of youngins, a lot of uh, middle-aged people as well. Didn't know they were so into UFC, but great. Uh, that's great for the sport. Uh, we went back to Dave and Buster's, found it, immediately found a table, not a table, I'm sorry, a seat at the bar. Uh, prior to that, I got to see a few of uh, my friends, because every time I go to ceremony, I always see at least one or two people. Uh, I got to see uh, a good friend of mine. Brady Huang, he's a uh, URCC former uh, world champion. I don't know if he's still a champion. I don't know if he'll still be fighting for that um, promotion, but he is out of Dragon House, a local gym here in San Francisco, and he's one of the more stand-up guys over there. Um, he was a lot. He was also with his friend. I, I'm sorry, I forget his name, but uh, he had told me that he had fought earlier that day in a local MMA show. Um, but unfortunately, he lost a decision, I believe. Uh, shout out to those two. Also saw a friend of mine, uh, friend Vince Laya. He's a, uh, one of my sister's boyfriend's friends or cousins, and or actually, no, brother-in-laws. So uh, happy birthday to him. It was his birthday at Dave & Buster's. Uh, happy birthday, Vince. So let's jump in to the UFC 228 uh, decompression that I was talking about here. Now, my picks were pretty, uh, they weren't, I mean, my picks did okay. I, I Now that I've, I mean, my first podcast that I did, I I, I kind of tried to skim through it a little too fast, and, and I went back and listened to my podcast, and I have a lot to work on, which is, which is you know, obvious, but for the most part, uh, my picks did okay. Um, I, the great thing was I did predict some, but I didn't get the rounds right, but, uh, for the most part, great, mm, not, not great, but just, uh, decent considering it was my first podcast and my first time picking fights. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start off with, uh, with the prelims which um, didn't disappoint, I'll, I'll be totally honest. Um, 
Yeah, so I was pretty. Uh, so the first fight on the card was Jared Brooks versus uh, Roberto Sanchez. I, I picked Sanchez to win this via knockout. Um, unfortunately, uh, Jared Brooks wins this via split decision. So it was a close fight. Um, decent fight. I mean, they both have a good future in uh, in this sport, which is uh, which is also kind of hard to. Uh, to do, I mean, if if you think about being a UFC fighter and just an MMA fighter in general, to make it to the big show, I mean, that's that's such a huge accomplishment for any anybody to 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 get in there. Uh, next up was uh, Irene Aldana versus uh, Lucy Pudilova. I was right on this, just uh, on the winning side. Um, Irene defeats Lucy Pudilova on in a pretty damn good, uh, thrilling fight. Uh, lots of um, lots of action. Uh, it was a split decision, kind of could could have gone um, either way, uh, but that one I got right. Uh, Jim Miller. Uh, next up, Jim Miller defeats Alex White via submission, rear naked choke in the first round, which is which was amazing. Um, I picked Jim Miller, I believe, to win, but I didn't, I did not. I don't know if I specified what type of win he would get. Um, I thought De- um, next up, I thought Diego Sanchez versus Craig White was going to be uh, uh, a landslide. I thought that Craig White would be Craig White would be able to uh, negate Diego Sanchez's every attack. But it, um, judging by the fight, Diego Sanchez still has something in it. I, I actually heard Diego Sanchez today on Ariel Helwani's um, MMA show, and um, you know he's trying to make a, a run for the title, which I don't know if that's. Um, accurate to be totally honest because i mean you get one win that that's amazing like he he kind of credited everything to mike perry being over there and giving him kind of uh giving him that type of energy but diego sanchez i i, I mean his track record and, and as many losses as he's, as he's had by getting finished um, i think he should really start looking at what he wants to do after fighting because even though he is one of the team captains of team jackson uh jackson wink um, it, you don't want to see a guy like Diego Sanchez, especially with his credibility of being one of the, uh, founding fathers, let's say of, um, the UFC success, uh, being on the first ultimate fighter. Uh, but he did get a unanimous, unanimous decision, um, which was, which could arguably, arguably been 10, eight rounds for all three rounds, but, with that being said, Diego Sanchez is back in the win column. Uh, Darren Stewart versus Chris Bird. You know, Darren Stewart starches um, Charles Bird with with a TKO. Uh, second round, which was a pretty damn good fight. Um, these these guys are coming up, man. I mean, Darren Stewart, good power. Chris Bird, both. I mean, both those guys have good power. Um, the next fight was a uh, Jeff Neal versus uh, Frank Camacho, whom I said Frank Camacho was actually going to win. Uh, this was, I believe, one of the one of the first or second fight on the um, FS1 pre uh, FX sorry FX prelims. Um, and to be totally honest with you, I thought Frank Camacho was going to come out because of his experience and and everything else. I thought he was going to come out and dominate. But if you guys watch this fight, and this was one of the I mean, for me, like this was one of the fights that you know I turn on the TV and I'm I'm expecting to see fights 
this is the kind of fight that you want to see. I mean, um, you know, Jeff Neal was was laser perfect. Like he literally had his left hand cocked the entire time uh, from his southpaw stance and just darting it right into Camacho's face. Camacho's nose and his mouth were already pretty busted up just from like two or three of those because he just kept walking into them. Um, but in the end, I mean, I think it lasted two rounds. Oh, yes, it did last two rounds. The first round was, you know, it was, you know, they were both kind of trying to go for broke uh, to establish who's going to take, who's going to be the uh, the lead dancing partner. Um, Jeff Neal just kept, like I said, he just kept darting him in the face and just keeping him, just kept them guessing to the point where, um, you know, like there was there was a point where in the second round where you know they were both kind of throwing kicks and actually you know Jeff Neal throwing a little bit more kicks. I don't know if he was faking to the body or if he was because he was landing at will with with some of his strikes and it, it was just a matter of time before you saw um, Camacho Camacho with a lot of heart just kept coming forward even at one point. Stands up and screams like a like a like a madman because he you know he is from uh, those islands the Saipan slash Guam islands over there so those guys are warriors, um, but he did take a shin to the face uh, by Jeff Neal. That's what ultimately finished him in this fight, and he literally took his life. He he I was uh, texting with one of my homies uh, Kyle and <laughs> Kyle said. It looks like he died. He literally died after that head kick because he, he, he kind of just crumbled. It, it, that pushed his button. Um, so big ups to um, Jeff Neal for, for the performance because that probably should have got him a bonus, I think. Uh, next up, we had uh, Cody Stammen and Algernon Sterling. I predicted a, a submission, I believe, in the third. I don't remember, but... Um, Aljamain looked, he looked pretty damn confident. He was a little, he was much, I, I thought he looked much bigger than uh, Cody Stammen. Cody Stammen being a game opponent, you know, I believe he was a collegiate wrestler. Uh, he tried to use that to the best of his ability, but, you know, once Aljamain got to the back, um, he had so much control. Uh, like Cody Stammen was, just when you thought Cody Stammen was going to buck him off um, from the front, Aljamain Sterling made those adjustments. Uh, once um, Cody Stammen tripoded onto his legs, uh, it left Aljamain Sterling a beautiful leg attack. It was just, just a golden opportunity to, and this is something I've seen only a few times, um, just in general, not just in MMA, but um, in jiu-jitsu as well, where he had him mounted on his back and goes for a knee bar, which eventually pops his knee. And if you can imagine how painful that is, I mean, if a guy's on your back and he goes for the knee bar and he finishes and you have to tap, it was a beautiful submission considering that move has not been seen much in MMA. Um, next up, it was uh, Carlos Farza versus Tatiana Suarez. I predicted this pretty pretty accurately, except for the round, of course. Um, I thought Tatiana Suarez was gonna 
finish her a bit quicker or maybe go for a submission uh, just because of the grappling pedigree. Um, I watched this fight and I was immediately amazed at how much pressure Tatiana Suarez was pushing on, on Carlos Barza. Now, Car Carlos Barza is coming off a loss against Claudia Gadeja and um, in that fight you kind of saw her, her grittiness and you saw that she she isn't done and she I mean she a lot of people can't compete with Claudia Gadeja. She's just too strong, too uh too explosive. And uh it I I actually had uh Carlos Sparza possibly winning that fight, which was kind of ironic as well. Um so in this fight against Tatiana Suarez, Carlos Sparza um it looked like she was trying to wrestle a little bit in the beginning, but I guess Tatiana Suarez, she kind of beat her to it. Uh, her wrestling was just too, too good. Like almost Khabib Nurmagomedov-esque, where it was almost like a mauling. Um, not even halfway into the uh, the first round, Tatiana Suarez just does this insane elbow that that it looks like it broke uh Carlos Suarez's orbital because it immediately started puffing up. It looked like she had another face on her face. Um, more ground and pound ensues, um, and she's beating her up. The first round was pretty painful to watch. Um, Tatiana Suarez just has a battery the size of Kentucky. Um, she was just grinding, grinding, grinding. Second round comes more of the same. Uh, every time Carlos Barza was trying to get up, she was getting put back on her on the floor, whether on her back or into side. Um, eating elbows, eating punches. Probably the most elbows and punches I've seen her eat um, besides uh, the her first title defense against Joanna Jacek. Um But that was standing. This was on the ground. Tatiana Suarez finishes her in third round. Uh, mercifully finishes her because of the... To be totally honest, the ref saved Carla Esparza's face. Carla Esparza's face has two more faces on it because of all those bumps. Um, next, we move on to Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus Nico Price. I thought Nico Price was actually going to win this fight. Uh, boy, was I wrong. Um, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan pretty much uh, walked them down and starches them. Like, starches him. Pretty much, he stalked him like he owed him money, pretty much, and took him out. Not much to say about that, only lasted around, but impressive stuff by Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. He's on a little bit of a winning streak, I believe. Uh, next, we move on to the main card. Uh, I believe, wait, actually, I think Abdul Razak Al-Hassan was, was on uh, the main card as well. But uh, next, we move on to Jimmy Rivera versus John Dodson. Um you know, during this fight, I, I was pretty excited about this fight because it was going to be almost like two Dragon Ball Z characters fighting each other. Wasn't the case. Um, it looked like John Dotson was waiting for a counter majority of the time. Um, Jimmy Rivera, uh, him being, you know, him being Jimmy Rivera, he, you know, he, he's bouncing back from that KO loss from Sergio Moraes. Um, honestly, it was kind of a boring fight. Like I was. Switching in between um, the uh, Danny Garcia and Sean Porter fight that was going on at the same time at Dave & Buster's. Um, but for the most part, I saw the most of the fight. It was a lot of cat and mouse, 
Fought a counter, be countered. In the end, Jimmy Rivera beats him. Uh, John Dotson probably, I don't know if he needs to pick it up a little bit um, or go back down because there are a lot more challenges in uh, the uh, flyweight division, but he just looked a lot smaller than, than Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera um, easily beats him in a unanimous decision from score, uh, uh, just how the scorecard's shown, but for the most part, it it was a boring fight. Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, next up, we had my boy, Zabit Magomed Sharapov versus Darren, uh, Brandon Davis, whom I didn't really know too much about. Um, I was really excited for this fight. Um, we were sitting next to a bunch of people that didn't really know too much about UFC. They were just there for um, just to, for the fights, and they noticed that I was speaking to my cousin, and I had pretty a pretty good knowledge of what I was talking about to my cousin. You know, they were asking who this guy was, and I told them he's the one. He is the one. So I, I also read something on um, MMA Junkie that uh, Zabit, you know, he was, I guess, Brandon Davis was kind of making fun of his submission game, and um, it said that uh, Zabit was planning to take his back and planning to take uh, take a submission win over Brandon Davis. And um, he did just that. I mean, it. it you could see that Zabit was kind of maybe trying to live in the moment. I mean, I, I feel like he could have finished this fight on the, on his feet just as easy as, I, as he finished it on um, on the ground. But uh, vintage Zabit throwing those really weird kicks, um, explosions, explosions. Um, he controlled the uh, he controlled the cage pretty well, and uh, when he got his chance, I mean, he he literally got on 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 Brandon Davis's back. Um, I, I noticed something that he he had just it looked like he was going for something right away. Right when he got to his back, I was like, oh shit, here we go. Zabi's about to do something fucking crazy, and and he ended up pulling off the same submission that Aljamain pulled off. How is that even possible? Back mounted knee bar twice in one event i was going crazy i was like holy shit a lot of the people that were in the uh in the place you know they were like screaming and stuff like that but half of those people don't know what the fuck they're, they're they're talking about i'm all talking shit anyways uh that moves us up to uh the jessica andrage versus uh carolina kovalkiewicz fight um and you if you listen to my last podcast uh, you you heard me say that um, Jessica Andrade is a tank. Carolina Kovalkiewicz probably needs to work on a little bit of uh, grappling and this and that. And uh, this fight didn't disappoint. I mean, if you saw how big, just I mean, you can look at highlights on on Instagram because I mean, all the grape stuff is less than a minute, but they put a pretty damn good highlight on it. But I saw the fight. They were throwing bombs. Jessica Andrade, she probably, she's like a mini Chris Cyborg. Like literally, her arms are a lot more muscular than most men here in, in San Francisco, especially with the tech people here. Um, she is a scary woman. Uh, first, I mean, it only lasted around. They immediately started 
going in a firefight, which was a huge mistake for uh, Carolina because, I mean, traditionally she is a Muay Thai fighter. Um, she's a Polish Muay Thai fighter, um, very polished as well. Uh, one of the only people to beat Rose Namajunas. And she decided to engage in a firefight. Um, there was a point where uh, they were doing crazy exchanges against a fence in the, in the, in the center of the octagon. And uh, Carolina was just getting caught. Like, for some reason, uh, Jessica's head was always off on the center line. And she got tagged a little bit. But you could just see how Jessica was throwing the punches. Like, she was throwing them like she... like. She was throwing them like, like Carolina had kidnapped one of her family members or like, or did something to her, like owed her money or owed her something. Jessica Andrade just bites down on her mouthpiece, throws, throws some freaking haymakers and finishes the job. Like this is, I mean, if you haven't seen the knockout, it's probably, the, it, I believe she got a bonus for this, but she put Carolina on her ass. On her ass, like literally, I've never seen a woman knock a woman's fight knockout like that. I mean, I've seen um, Chris Cyborg put people down, but uh, the way that Jessica Andrade was was throwing these bombs was just insane. Like it looked like she had bullets in her freaking arms. Like every time she throw it, boom, 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 it was amazing, amazing, amazing uh, performance by her. She will more than likely, more than likely fight for the title next. Um, it, it, who knows, who knows what's going to happen from here. I mean, Tatiana Suarez has an argument, but I don't think, she, I think she has maybe one more fight until um, she gets a title shot. And I would love to see Tatiana fight either Joanna Young Jacek or Claudia Gadeja. That would be probably a good title eliminator, uh, not a title eliminator fight, but that would get her closer. Uh, Jessica Andrade will, I mean, in my opinion, will will get this next title shot against Rose Namajunas. But we'll see. And then finally we go on to the main event um, with Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley for the welterweight strap. I mean... I, I predicted Till was going to come out and destroy. Um, I thought he was going to destroy Tyron Woodley in the first or second round. Um, but I, I, I have no words. Uh, Tyron Woodley and, and, and Darren Till, they started out fairly quick. I mean, they were... A clinch game was in full effect, of course, because, I mean, uh, Darren Till is the taller fighter. Uh, so I totally understand... Tyron Woodley's uh, uh, strategy of trying to clinch up, um, but it was just a matter of time. Once, um, I mean, you can you can see that Tyron Woodley was uh, trying to get it to the floor, just to. I mean, that's that's where his strengths are. You know, um, I don't know if he wanted to stand and bang with him. Um, Darren Till still had his. I mean. He he has this style where he he his chin's up and like his hands are kind of down. I mean I'm sure his hands were down because he's waiting for that shot. But um, his inexperience showed in that second round. I mean he gets clipped hard, hard, and he he survives. You know a bunch of elbows and a bunch of ground and pound. But I mean we never really saw Till 
on his back um, in his past fights and how he'd do against a, a, an elite grappler such as um, such as Tyron Woodley. And it proved to be his downfall. I mean, uh, something we learned in jiu-jitsu is, you know, that half-guard position, um, you know, you got to be ready for everything because that's where all the action happens. That close-guard stuff, you're either going to get past or... Actually, that's about it. You're probably just going to get past. But once you get in the half guard, you got to, I mean, this Tyron Woodley, he coming in, he was a brown belt in jujitsu, um, catches him with a Darce off of some ground and pound. I mean, that's kind of a standard thing. Uh, I guarantee you if, 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 uh, if Till was to get out of that, I mean, I would have, we would have probably seen a guillotine finish because, uh, you know that's that's the kind of series of events that happens in jiu-jitsu where i mean i mean Tyron Woodley he's a he's a he's a world champion he's now a black belt after he submits Darren Till but uh he gets his black belt that night but he 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 darces somebody in a title fight i mean i don't know how many darces there are in a title fight in the UFC but i mean the darce was deep I mean, look at Tyron Woodley's arms. I mean, it's almost like a vice. It was only a matter of time before he would tap. But if you, I'm sure there'll probably be some memes or something like that of Darren Till's face when he got caught up in that darts. Man, that shit, that shit was tight. I mean, he wasn't getting out of there. But and if he did, again, he's probably gonna fall into a guillotine. Um, so those are the fights this past weekend. I mean, the takeaways that I see um, from these fights are that. You know, the strawweight division for the women, that's very interesting with Tatiana Suarez coming in. Uh, with Jeff Neal in the welterweight division, you got to watch out for that guy. I don't know what his grappling looks like, but that straight left, that's that's a... I mean, that's Manny Pacquiao made it famous, calling it Manila Ice, but that straight left was was insane. So you got to watch out for that guy. In the welterweight division, was is it welterweight? I don't know if it was welterweight, welterweight or middleweight. I don't know, whatever. Um, but new new blood coming in for that for those divisions. Uh, looks like the oh, so the Valentina Shevchenko and Nico Montano fight gets canceled. So it looks like uh, Nico Montano's. It looks like her title is stripped. I mean, I, it's kind of messed up how that goes, but. Um, you know, I, I saw some interviews with Valentina, and she she thinks that um, that she didn't want she just didn't want the fight. She just came up with excuses. But uh, I've also heard that um, Nico had to go to the hospital because of a potential kidney failure and dehydration. And you know, you don't ever want to mess with that. But I also found out that Nico found out that she was stripped via Instagram, which kind of sucks. Because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you're the you're the first. I mean, flyweight champion of the UFC. I mean, the same thing with Carlos Barza at the time. Um, but, you know, Carlos Barza ended up fighting and losing to 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 uh, Joanna Jungjacek. But uh, Nico never even got the chance to fight. So it looks like uh, Valentina will be fighting before the end of the year. Uh, but the title is now vacant, which is very strange to me. I'm sure that's... Uh, that's propping up a lot of ears in that division, in that 125 division. 
Uh, Paige Van Zandt probably makes her way back. Uh, Jessica I is a possibility for the future. Um, all the girls that were in the uh, the Ultimate Fighter for the 125 flyweight class, all those girls are probably um, thinking, or they're getting a new a new outlook on things because it is vacant. I'm sure they're all going to be fighting harder than ever. Um, but that that just sucks. I mean, I think there was an article I just seen where Nico was saying uh, something like, "How am I supposed to?" I forget. Fuck, I forget. Something about the UFC not really giving a shit about about her and um, yeah, it, it's it's just unfortunate. Um, at the same time, when I was watching the fights over there at Dave and Buster's, they were also playing the um, they were also playing the uh, the the what the hell is his name? Uh, Danny Garcia and um, Sean Porter fight. Now, I, I was going back and forth watching those, watching that fight, and to be totally honest with you, the whole fight lasted the duration of the main card. So, the main card of the UFC, I mean, there were so many finishes besides that, you know, 15-minute fight of uh, Jimmy Rivera and John Dodson. Um, I mean, the boxing match went 12 rounds, and I, I was cracking up because... Danny Garcia was a little bit gun-shy during that fight. Um, I don't know if he was just trying to counter, but um, Sean Porter did a great job of negating all of his attacks, um, which in which he ultimately got the win. Uh, that puts Danny Garcia in a really bad spot. You know, I, I think he was trying to go on a good run so he could possibly break into pay-per-view. Probably not going to happen since he's... I believe he's lost two in a row. I'm not sure if he's lost two in a row, but he has... I mean... He he lost this fight. He's pretty disappointed in himself. He he was kind of like, what the hell is going on here? But I, I was watching the fight, and you know Sean Porter was was doing a lot more work, and he was he was controlling the ring a little bit more than than he sh- a little a lot more than than Danny Garcia should have been doing. Uh, but unfortunately, um, Danny Garcia doesn't get the nod, and fortunately, Sean Porter is a world champion again. He's always been a world champion, but he has another belt to add to his, um, to ask at his collection. Um, moving on, we're going to be uh, next episode. We're probably going to be talking about the uh, UFC Fight Night that's going to be coming up. But I think that's going to be on Fight Pass. Let me double check um, right now. But I do know that there is another fight coming up this week. So it is fight week. Who it is, not sure, but... Oh, here it is. So September 15th, which is this weekend, um, Mark Hunt versus Alexi uh, Olenek, who is the Dar... I'm not Dars, uh, the Ezekiel King, because I think that's him. Yeah, I think this is the guy that... that... that does... Um, yeah, he... He Ezekiel's people from the mount, which is well, he's actually mounted and he's the one pulling off the uh, Ezekiel chokes, which is amazing. Um, this part, this this card, top to bottom, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of up and comers, uh, a few, a few 
few uh, veterans in Desmond Green, Rustem Kabalov. There's a lot of Russians on this because it is uh, a Moscow card. But overall, I mean, we have Tiago Alves on the uh, main card. <clears throat> Andre Olovsky, who's which is always great. Nikita Krylov, also uh, on, the on the prelims. Uh, C.B. Dalloway, Kajin Johnson. Uh, like I said, uh, Desmond Green and Rustam Kabalov. Carry uh, on Ware, who's a... Uh, I believe, I don't know if he was on a Dana White, one of the Dana White shows. Anyway. So that's going to be coming up on our next episode. Um, going to jiu-jitsu tonight. I've been training a lot. Uh, last week I went a, went a bunch of days in a row just because uh, I'm trying to get a black belt soon. Um, got some really good roles with a, one of my main training partners, uh, Kyle. Uh, he'll be going out to the Philippines doing a uh, seminar and helping out these... Uh, Kids in the Philippines teaching them some good jujitsu uh, in the next few weeks. Um, so I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see some video on that stuff too. I mean, uh, jujitsu, MMA, and all that stuff. That's that stuff is, it's it's starting to take shape in other countries, uh, especially with with promotions like One FC. I mean, One FC has the most Filipino fighters on their roster than any other promotion in the world I believe um, especially since they they do shows in the Philippines they do shows in Singapore and Malaysia um, and across Asia but great stuff coming out from the Philippines as far as uh, combat sports uh, they're more than likely going to be little guys not I mean I'm about 5'11 I'm one of the taller Filipinos in this world I'm kidding um, but very pleased with what's going on here in combat sports uh another fight news uh there was also a couple filipino people on the uh there was some filipino fighters on the uh i don't know if i know one was filipino i don't know if the other one was filipino. he looked filipino um but uh they were on the danny garcia sean porter uh card eh you know boxing for me i mean unless unless your name is manny pacquiao um Still, of course, because I'm still a Pacquiao fan. Or unless your name is Gervonta Davis, who was actually in attendance during that fight. Um, or if your name is um, Lomachenko, Canelo, or uh, Triple G. I mean, those, those are the names you want to be watching. But um, boxing is still, still alive, and I'm still going to watch it. And hopefully you do too, because we need something to talk about. Anyways... Uh, that's going to conclude our, our episode today. Uh, again, this is only my second podcast. I, I hope to be getting better. I hope to not juggle my words so much. And I hope not to say you know or um or whatever too much. Um, this is episode two of the Mighty Beast podcast. Uh, we're going to have another one before that UFC uh, fight night in Moscow. So stay tuned. Uh, follow us on um, Instagram, uh, Mighty Beast underscore SF, like San Francisco, um, on Facebook, Mighty B Store, and uh, you can follow my personal Instagram account, it's at Sean underscore Pierre underscore P-I-E-R-R-E, -R -R -E. um, and you can also visit 
coming oh this is going to be coming soon our website uh the mightybeast.com is the t-h-e mightybeast.com for our website uh, that's where all the podcasts will probably be um uh parked besides all the um podcast outlets um to, just to tell give you a little tidbit my first podcast four listens which is amazing organic listens hopefully well i told one of my friends about this because i didn't want to tell too many people about my first one because my first one was kind of shitty but I'm happy. Uh, so I'll be talking to you guys in the next couple of days. And remember, thank you for uh, listening to the podcast and follow us on our social media. Uh, this is Mighty Beast Podcast.